0: Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Woo! Just about tripped on a cord. You need that? No, I do need this right here. Yeah, actually no. I do. You know why we need this there? Because I muted it. Well, we're going to need it unmuted because we're going to do a baby dedication today. I'll be back. Yeah. Good morning, everyone. Everyone who's out there in the hall, wonderfully socializing and talking. I'm so glad you're there. But come on in. Um, we do need to get started, and uh, we're going to. It's going to be an exciting day today. It's good to see all of you all your shiny happy faces yeah good to see you yeah good to see you great so let's see we have a couple of announcements no actually i think we have one only one announcement and one kind of other announcement the baby dedication which is exciting Boom. yep we're all good joe yeah all right um so derek what's the uh, we have one announcement i think i think it's the Knitting Club? Yes. Is that this? I can never read that one. This coming, is it? Yeah, that's this Saturday, 1 to 3, here at the church. For those of you who can't read it, which would be 90% of
1: us, um, Saturday, November 13th, 1 to 3 p.m. So have your pencils out. Those of you at home.
0: If you've never knitted, this is a good time to start and try it. It's just we just sit around, we hang out and, and talk about, well, actually, I don't do it. You do do, Joe, right?
1: <laughs> no. No, I don't have any problems with it.
0: I tried to get my so wife listen. to do tatting. She looked at me like I was crazy. My attention did. My grandma did. Yeah. I loved it. You know, with the little, the, what do they call it, a shuttle? That's right. See, I know a little bit about this stuff, but yeah, Kathy went, no, no, I'm not tatting. Are you going to do what? No, she's shaking her head.
1: Here's the, here's the challenge I have. Yes because I have knitted before.
0: Have you really? Yeah and you You're get to a
1: certain point and then you realize a half an hour ago you made a serious mistake and then you gotta unwind it all and oh. I'm like I don't have time for this. <laughs> um, and my, like, my attention to detail is so terrible that I get into a rhythm. Oh man that must have been an hour and a half ago. I might as well just burn it. I'm not gonna touch it again. I would do the same thing. Yeah. In fact there is a box uh, I, I under the window seat that has the knitting stuff that I look at and go, I'm going to throw that out someday. Um, <laughs> so, See, I would have. I would have taken it outside and burned it. But still, knitting knitting is fun. <laughs> we are doing a terrible sales job. <laughs> yes, sir. we are. Okay.
0: But those who do it love it. Right. And so they had a great time last time. I would encourage you to come next week and we'll have that. All right. I think that's all of the announcements. There's the baby dedication. Okay, so what I would like to do first is just invite the parents to come up, and I would like you to stand right here.
1: There's a piece of tape down here. You'll you'll be right there.
0: Yeah, kind of around that, and I'm actually going to come down here. Yes, yes, come on. Yes. Just the two, three of you, and then I'll bring. I'll, I'll invite those who you're going to have prayer. So I'm. I i do not know if I'm still on the camera. Am I still on the camera? I cannot be, that would be okay. Come up here, up on stage so we can all see your pretty faces. Yeah. All right. Hi. Are you guys nervous? No, is she doing our, right? oh, she's so adorable. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, you can move over a little bit. See that little, b- that line there? That's where you're go- you're gonna be right there. Okay, so I'm gonna stand up here cause I feel like I can, all right. So today we're going to do a baby dedication, and some of you know what that is, but maybe most of you do, and so I just want to remind us all, what is it, what isn't it? A baby dedication is not saying that little precious Evelyn is saved, but it's a commitment on the part of the people who are important in her lives to bring her to salvation, to help her grow up to be a good person a godly person who loves God and is going to make a huge impact in the world that that's what this is it's it's them and all the significant people in her in their lives saying we care about her and them and we want to support them that's what this is and so um, why do we do that now uh, I have my answer but I would like to hear what is your answer why do you want to do this and for that you got to use this and as I remind you, put it real close to your mouth. <laughs> Why do you want to do this?
2: Okay. Um, so this is kind of similar to baptism. It's a profession of our faith to, you know, give that commitment to our daughter to make sure that we're raising her to be a kind and loving human being. you want to add anything?
0: No, that was pretty good. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can do all the work. Yes. And so, oh, oh you okay. can keep, you hold on to that. Yeah, it's, it's, and, and, and we do it together because it, we all need help, right? And we think about all the people in our own lives who've made an impact to make us who we are, right? We can all look back through our history and think of you know, that neighbor who really was with you, right? Who encouraged you to be, maybe it was a coach, maybe it was a teacher. Maybe there was always somebody other than just your parents who really went, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to support the parents and support this child. And so we need to do it together because it takes, you know, as, as that person in the 90s says, it takes a village. Mm-hmm. Well, it kind of does, really does, right? But that doesn't absolve the parents from their responsibility. So we do it together. And then though, as important as, as we want, even for my own kids and I'm sure for you, we want her to have a successful life to be maybe, maybe make tons of money or whatever it is she wants to do. But in the end, we want her to be happy we wanted to be a good person and because that matters more than that and in the end what matters most of all is is where what happens for eternity so so that's the why now the how how there's a lot we can do but where here's one how we can pray for them and they can pray for each other and the, and the child. And so at that point, what I'd like to do, I know there's at least two people who would like to pray for them. If you could come on up and, and, and pray for them and you can have that mic. Again, right up close to your mouth. It'll sound loud to you, but that's okay. Oh, I didn't introduce them. But that's okay, I'll do it at the end.
3: We love these guys. That's all that yes, matters. Yes, we do. My glasses just broke, so I'm wearing pops, my husband's little readers. <laughs> um, I was talking with Lindsay. It's going to make me cry. We were talking about a scripture that was really powerful for her, and she wanted to share that. Yeah. Okay. And I'm just going to back up a little bit where it says, this is Matthew 5:14. You are the light of the world. Jesus is saying this. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So I was just going to pray with that in mind. Dear Father, we thank you so much for, for this precious little gift and pray that uh, you'll fill her up and that she will be just a, uh, bright shining light, a beacon of your truth to the world. Uh, Fill her and guide her, protect her, and may she just, all her good deeds, everything she does, says, thinks, everything will just uh, reflect you to the world, Lord, and that they would know you through her. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: I sat down and wrote a little prayer for Evelyn that she could keep. Um, the scripture that a to the, the scripture that there I like, is, um, Psalm one thirty nine sixteen. For you created my innermost being; you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the day ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So, let me get my composure and I'll read <laughs> my <laughs> um, Heavenly Father, we pray today that your grace and light always touch Evelyn. May she know how much joy she brings those around her, that she's loved and deserving and deserves nothing less, that she knows when her heart gets broken, God has surrounded her with loving people to fill in the cracks with his love and strength. May she know she is fearfully and beautifully made in God's image, never doubting who she is, her beauty or her worth. May she always have her eyes open to the beauty and wonder of the world God made her. And when she needs to recharge her heart from the chaos chaos of life, God has provided nature for her to find sanctuary. May Evelyn's parents and family know God has provided them with all the knowledge and love they will need to provide, guide, and carry her through life, just as our Heavenly Father has done for us. May Evelyn know how to surrender her fear. To you god to have the understanding that when times are tough you have provided her with an army of protectors and the courage to understand she is safe in your hands heavenly father i pray she knows all these words i have spoken and learns so many more that as her godmother she can always trust me to love her and protect her as you and her parents do amen
0: want to pray
2: <laughs> I do um. oh Heavenly Father I just want to thank you for this gift this beautiful baby that you gave to us and I just want to reinforce our commitment to leading her to know your light and your love and to continue to surround her with people that will support her and encourage her as she grows in faith. Lord, I just pray that she finds your light and is drawn to you as I have been my whole life. I just want to also thank you, Lord, for all the beautiful, wonderful people that you've put in her life that will also help us to guide her as she grows. In Jesus' name, Amen.
0: Oh, the who, the who is them, <laughs> and it is us. And first to you two, do you do you intend to commit and dedicate yourselves today to helping her grow up to be all that God intended her to be?
2: Yes. Definitely.
0: Yeah. And do you all admit uh, commit today to to helping them with that? Then let me pray for all of us, and then uh, we can uh, I'll d- we can be done. Father God, thank you for these people. I, I want to pray for for uh, for Chris and for for Lindsay that you'd give them wisdom to be great parents. <coughs> Lord, you know that yeah. as I was when I was younger, I didn't <laughs> I didn't care that much about wisdom, but as I got to be a parent, I went, Oh dear God, I need needed. Um, so give them wisdom to be able to be good 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 responders to her, to bless her, protect her, protect them, protect the, the them from from all the craziness that's in this world, give them wisdom and hope. Lord help them and help us to bless this child. We pray this in Jesus' name. You can clap. Yes. <laughs> yes, she is. Yay! All right. What a great start for the day. And so, okay, now we're gonna we're, we're gonna we're gonna get to get to to into worship today, and we're gonna start with a song we've never done before. That way, those of you who are visitors. And those of us who've been here for a long time, you're all in the same field, because we, they don't know, none of you know this song. Well, a few of you might. Um, it's one of my favorite songs. I love this song, and, uh, and Joe has graciously graciously decided to do that for us today. Um, and it's, it's all about, it's about worship, it's about celebrating what Jesus has done for us, the, the, the inspired response to, to what he has done for us, and that's what the theme for the day is. And uh, we're going to be talking about this technical thing briefly, and and Lindsay will probably know this term, cognitive reframing. She goes, uh huh, yeah, it's fantastic, and I'll explain what that means when we get into the text today, which is in Revelation chapter one. All right, so let me pray for the for the service, and then Joe can take it away. Father, thank you for the day, and for the blessing of this of this day. We pray that you would help us to worship you, to respond. Um, to who you are and what you've done in a way that is that follows the pattern in that your your saints of old and your and your men of god have done and women of god have done through the ages which is to worship help us to do that
1: Thank you for a reminder of of where where we come from as, as your children. I think it's easy for us to forget that each one of us was where Evelyn is now. As we reflect on our lives and all the times where people intervened on our behalf, Lord, let us be passionate about intervening on behalf of Evelyn and those of her generation. And as we think about all those times when we wish someone would have intervened, Lord, even more enthusiasm and passion for this generation, Lord, we we long to hear Your Word this morning. Our hearts and minds may they be softened to You, molded by You, changed. Thank you, Father.
0: Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the day and thank you for your word. We ask that you would help us to hear it, help me to communicate it accurately and in a way that makes sense and that brings you praise and glory. Lord, I know my my my, uh, my failures and faults and inadequacies and and so I ask that you'd make up for that. That you would you would Take whatever I have to say and use it, that you would uh, fill my mouth with your words. To your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. An inspired reaction. Why? Right. there we go. Actually, inspired reaction. That's what we have in our text today. First, first chapter of Revelation, verses 5 and 6. It's an inspired reaction. It's an inspired. Um, John is, is thinking through some stuff and he spontaneously does something. He's reacting to it. Now, the, the, the basic flow of it is he starts by just praying for these people. It's a letter. This is a letter from John to these seven churches. And in those seven churches are just regular people like you, like me, who are struggling with life. And so he's praying for them, grace, God, give them grace, give them peace. From, and, 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 and may that come from he- the Heavenly Father, from the Holy Spirit, from Jesus. And then he starts thinking about who Jesus is, and he has this reaction. And what I want us to do today is to do something that I mentioned at the very beginning, which is do cognitive, it's called the, the, the technical that psychologists use cognitive reframing cognitive thinking reframing and what do i mean by cognitive reframing well let me give you a little picture to give you a sense of what i mean see on the top it says one side of the wall and it says just do nothing right from, so from that perspective it's like well that's a depressing message you go around the corner and you see that p- picture and it's uh it's impossible and sometimes we look at things from one perspective, and we think this is I shouldn't do anything here. Or on the other perspective, it's like this is impossible. But if you look at it from a third perspective, you see it's just do it, because nothing's impossible. How you see something changes everything, and that's what that whole phrase is: is that it's, it's thinking differently, cognitive, cognitive reframing is just ask the question how can I possibly think about something differently for example and we talked about this on on uh, on our podcast on Wednesday let's say you're driving your car and someone cuts you off now you could think of it in the sense of well that that person is unsafe he's he's a jerk on and on all these negative thoughts but you could possibly look at it differently like maybe his mom or dad are dying And he's trying to get there before she passes. Maybe there's something happening in their own life that that's an appropriate response or at least an understandable one. You reframe how you see it and you change your reaction to it. That's what I'm asking for today. That's what this text is doing. It's presenting a perspective on something. And he has a reaction to it. But sometimes that's not our reaction. And I want to encourage us to mimic John in that reaction. And the reason why is because this will help you with things like your anxiety and fears. It can help with everything from, from addictions to panic attacks, depression. So much. Can be affected by if you just look at things in a different way. Maybe that 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 person who's micromanaging you or being is not treating you right. Maybe the reason why they're doing that is because they care about you. And we all know this with kids, right? They get grumpy about at us for something, and you're like, you just don't understand what I'm trying to do. The first time she Evelyn gets a shot, do you think she's going to appreciate it? Well. No, because she doesn't have the perspective of why that's happening. But if, and I know it's not possible for a baby, but if she could change her perspective on it, she would go, okay, it hurts, I get it, but there's a reason for it. We need to change our perspective. Okay? Now, and what I want to say today is this this reaction is actually to be even more specific. It's a remembering. You need to remember something. Now, in everyday life, whether it's just driving your car or whatever it is, sometimes it's just, you need to remember to ask the question, how can I think about this differently? Okay? But in here, our, our reaction to match this is not based on nothing. It's not Pollyannaism. It's not, if you guys know what that is, some of you are not old enough <laughs> to remember what, it's an old Disney movie called Palette Pollyanna. It's a great movie. or me so but it's just we're not it's not optimism for for that has no basis right it's not wishful thinking there's a remembering it's based on something that actually occurred you're remembering something and so therefore you can have this kind of reaction a one that's transformative now here here's our passage starting in verse five all glory to him who loves us. He's just praised, said, praise God. God, may you bless them. Give him grace and peace from the Father, from the Son, from the Holy Spirit. That is from the Father, the one who was and who is to come. From the Holy Spirit, the sevenfold spirit before the throne. And from him who is the firstborn of the dead. ruler really kings of the earth. And then from that he goes, all glory to him who loves us. Now some of your texts. Your your, your translation does, doesn't say it like that. It says, to him who loves us. It leaves out the glory part. Uh, that's because this translation adds that in. Not because actually that word all glory is there at that spot, but it actually accurately communicates what's happening in the text. All glory to him who loves us, and let's read the rest, and has freed us from our sins by the shedding of his blood for us, and has made us to be a kingdom of priests in, for his God and Father, all glory and power to him who loves us, to him who f- forever and ever. Glory to him, and then all these reasons why, and then comes back to the, re- the idea here. To him who loves us, be glory. That's the basic point of this section. Glory to him, or going all the way back to him, glory to him who loves us. And then why. Let's look at this. Look at the reasons and that's why I'm talking about this, this reaction of glory to Jesus who loves us is a remembering because what John is doing in this passage is he's remembering who God is, the one who was and is and is to come from the spirit who dwells in us and from Jesus who's the risen one. He's thinking about all this sp- stuff and he just spontaneously erupts into this. The ef- he's thinking about the effects of the cross. And here's the first one. As he puts it here, all glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins. He's, Jesus, lo- he thinks about the one who he walked with, and that's okay having a crying baby. It's fine. Um, he thinks about the Jesus who he walked with day in and day out for three years. He's thinking about this, the one who always stood up for them. He's thinking about this one who loved him. When John was being dumb and and sinful, the one who because this is an old man, this was written in about a d ninety many years. John's an old man at this point, and he's thinking about Jesus at that point. He said, "Jesus has always been with me and he's and he's, and he thinks first about how he's freed us from our sins by his blood that that shedding of the blood is is an allusion to the to, to what Jesus has done on the cross. But this phrase here, freed us from our sins, is also an illusion, as is most of the revelation. It's an illusion to something going on in the Old Testament or in the rest of Scripture. Most of the of, of this book, I know it's hard to understand, but most of it is just either a direct quote or an allusion to something that's already come before. Like any good story or movie or book, at the very end of the book, there's all these little pieces, these little... Parts of the story that they pull in that they don't fully explain it at the end because they've already explained it the rest of the story. And the same thing here. When you think about being freed and we think about it in an Old Testament sense, what, what maybe comes to mind? The Exodus. And that's exactly what's it's going on here. In fact, literally the word is passed over. Does that start to become even maybe more things? The Passover. The story in the Old Testament is that that God is going to come and bring this judgment on 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 Egypt because they they're oppressing and being harsh and, and and cruel to God's people, and God's saying, "Let my people go, so they can go into the wilderness, come to my land, and, I, and worship me." And Pharaoh's saying, "No, they're going to stay here, and they're going to be my slaves." And God's saying, "No, no, 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 they're they're going to let go," and this. God is continuing working with Pharaoh like, come on, you need to let him go. You need to to listen to me. And and Pharaoh keeps saying, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to obey you. I'm not going to do what you want me to do. Finally, it comes to this point where God says, okay, through Moses, he says. On a particular night. I'm going to kill all the firstborn. But there's a way out. Exodus 12, if. A person, they are to take some of the blood of this lamb that they've slain, and they smear it on the sides of the door, the door frame of their houses, where they see where they've 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 killed and they've eaten this animal. On that night I will pass through the land of Egypt, and I will strike down every firstborn son, male, animal in the land. I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. But The blood on the doorposts will serve as a sign to you, making the houses where you are staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. Judgment's coming. But if you do what I'm telling you to do, you're not going to be hurt by it. It's very possible that there's some Egyptians who heard this who are friends with their their Jewish neighbors and went, this is what's going to happen. I've seen everything else your God has been doing. I think maybe I should do that too. It's possible. God's giving a way out for people not to be judged. He's like, this is what's happening. Look, I'm going to do it, but I'm telling you how not to be condemned, not to, to have the effects of it. Do what I tell you. Slay the lamb, and then trust in his blood, and death will not come to you. That's what's happening in this. And there's this illusion here, the freeing of this, that God promised the one that's going to come. And there's this this illusion that goes on through the rest of the Old Testament of, yeah, I did that, but I'm doing it again, where I'm going to bring people out of Free them from the bondage of the Egyptians, like I did that. I'm going to do it again, but it's going to be a much bigger scale. S- scale, and he talks about it there in Jeremiah chapter 16. For the time is coming, says the Lord, when people who are taking the oath will no longer say, "As surely as the Lord lives, who rescued us from the people of Israel from the land of Egypt, who set us free from Egypt?" They're not going to. They're not going to reference that anymore. Instead, they will say, "As surely as the Lord lives." Who brought the people out of Egypt back to their own land? A second Exodus is coming, a bigger one, a greater one. And that greater one has to do with Jesus. And it's talk about talked about that in Colossians chapter one. For Jesus, he Jesus has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. He's he's brought us out of the bondage to sin, to slavery, to misery, to be let's be honest sin may feel good for a time but ultimately it doesn't look at our country we should not be shocked when people are frustrated and angry and antidepressants are uses through the roof why because our country is walking away from god that's what happens you don't go thing do things the way god wants it of course they're miserable God wants to set us free from that misery and transfer us into his kingdom so that there would be no condemnation, no judgment. So this is what John is thinking about, all of this, that by the blood of Jesus we are freed from the oppression of Of the darkness of our of our world free from the the condemnation that comes from our sins Because of what jesus did on the cross But it's not just a a freedom from something It's a freedom to something The second effect is this as he puts it here A kingdom of priests or royalty Priests All glory to him who has made us to be a kingdom of priests. Royalty. Now this is also a quote. This one from Exodus 19. Now, about three months after being rescued out of, the, out of Egypt and they're going into the desert, then, then God brings them to a mountain, Mount Sinai, and at that, bef- be, at that place he says this to them, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know how I carried you on wings of eagles and brought you to myself. Now, if you, Israel at that point, obey me. If you do what I tell you to do, if you keep my covenant, you will be my special treasure from all the peoples of the earth, for all the people pe- belongs to me, and then he will be, you will be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. This is what you need to tell the people, Moses. Kingdom of priests. Kingdom, it's a place that, that that God rules, but it's also that we co-rule. Priests representing God to creation and creation to God. And by the way, and I don't have time to fully develop it, this is simply asking or trying to get humanity to be once again what they were originally designed in the garden. We were meant to rule creation in a good and kind way. In a way that's, that, that, that's beneficial. But also to be representatives of God to creation and creation to God. That is to be priests. And there's all kinds of temple language in, in, that's going on in, in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. And what God is saying is your nation of Israel. You're, this is what you're supposed to be. I'm going to restore you to your rightful place. Now that whole idea gets into the New Testament and it's transferred to the people of God post Jesus' resurrection. Peter uses this exact same language, but you, talking to Christians, are a royal, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may, be, may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of his darkness into his marvelous light. Freedom. And notice the same language. This, This group of people, the new people of God made up of both ethnic Jews and Gentiles, people who aren't part of the physical line of Abraham, but believe in Jesus. All of these people who believe in Jesus, this is how they're described. As a royal priesthood. His kingdom... He continues, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Now, Paul says the same thing here in Romans chapter 9. We who are among those whom he has selected, both from the, meaning people who believe in Jesus, from both the Jews and the Gentiles, and concerning the Gentiles, God said in the prophecy of Hosea, Those who were not my people, I will now call my people. In other words, biologically not ethnic Jews. I will now call my people and I will love those who I did not love before. And then they were told, you will not be my people. You who will be called children of the living God. This is who you are. Or as he puts it in Galatians. Paul puts it in Galatians. All who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. So there's neither Jew nor Gentile, slave or free, male or female, but you are all one in Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. You are God's promise. Abraham's belongs to you. So here's the point. To try and put this all together, because I know that's a lot of heady stuff. If you believe in Jesus, this is who he's talking to. You are special. Not because you've done anything special, but because you connected yourself to the one who is special, Jesus. Your lineage is Abraham. Your lineage is David. That's your forefather. That's your, that, 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 that's your family. And God in that family is restoring humanity to be what they've always supposed to be. Your destiny isn't just to make a make a bunch of money for a corporation. Your job is not meantly meant to just simply sur- survive. Your destiny is to reign over creation with Jesus. To intercede for creation and to be God, creation's representative to God. You can't get a higher calling. That's what he's that's what this is what Paul I mean John is thinking about. He's creating us to be th- to have this incredible purpose. So he thinks about what he's thinking about is he who loves us, who's freed us, and freed us to be these royal ruling priests. That's, who Je- that's what Jesus has done for you. He's restored you. You are not insignificant. You are not condemned. That's what he's thinking. So what is John's response to that? What's his response to thinking about the God who was and who is and who is to come? The one who has all power, who's never left you and is going to come and intervene in history again. The one who... Who is the sevenfold spirit, the Holy Spirit who lives in in, in us and is empowering us and, and constantly at our sides, helping us walk with Jesus. And Jesus, the risen one, the one who's loving us, the one who's who who set us free from our sin, giving us no condemnation, and, and, and ushering us, us into this amazing destiny. What is what is what is John's response to that as he thinks through all of this incredible truth? All glory to him. It's this spontaneous response. He starts off praying for them and he just kind of bubbles over into praising God. And he loves us, who has freed us from from our sins by the shedding of his blood. He has made us to be a kingdom of priests to a God and his father. All glory to him forever and ever. See, glory... Glory or worship comes from remembering. But that takes reframing. Because a lot of times we know some of this truth. But we don't, th- we don't see it the way John does. Because we see like one side of the wall. It's impossible. Or another side, don't do anything. But we need to see it from the correct perspective where we say, just do it. Nothing is impossible. That's what John's doing. Worship comes through remembering this stuff. And it's not based on nothing. See, that's the key thing. this We're not just optimistically trying to work ourselves up into, oh, i gotta, I got to be see things positively. No, no, no. You, you need to remember that. 2,000 years ago, somebody actually died for you. That was actually risen from the dead. That that actually occurred. And if you need to refresh yourself with looking at the facts and the reasons and the intellectual arguments for why that is true so you can be sure of it, do that. So, I mean, this is the outline. Glory to the power be to the one who is loving us. Present tense, currently, having done these two things. Freed us from our sins. And made us a royal priest. That's what this passage is saying. And it has a couple of implications. And here's the first one. The cross is the event in which we need to reinterpret everything else that's happening in your lives. Because that's what John's doing. Remember this this is him thinking about and praying for Christians who are struggling. Like you and me. It is the framework to begin to see life. Because if Jesus really did rise from the dead, that is the most monumental thing that ever occurred. So let's start from that perspective. Second, it proves that he loves us. Because we all know that it's, it's hard sometimes to believe that somebody loves us. Whether let alone God, right? So how do you remember that somebody loves you? You remember things they've done. Right? That's what you do with this. God's, God, saying that God loves you is not some sentimental, ethereal thing that's like, well, I hope he does. No, it's grounded in something that actually occurred. God gave everything for you, his son, his most precious son. It proves His love so that when you're going through all these hard times you know why he loves you you know it you may not understand all this stuff why is evelyn going to be okay getting through that because she will be convinced her parents love her even if she doesn't understand why she's getting a shot or whatever it is but she knows her parents love her it's going to be okay you may not understand the pain that god is allowing in your life but you know he loves you that changes the perspective It also, by the way, reveals how God does treat those who he loves. And when I think about this, if Jesus is really the son of God, think about how God treated his own son. He allowed him to be betrayed and misused and ultimately unjustly murdered to bless everybody else. That's how God treats the one he loves more than anybody else. So, is it possible that he's allowing pain in your life in order to, that y- through you, you might bless somebody else? Because no, he knows ultimately that's good for you and it's good for them. The cross is the event in which we interpret everything. That's one implication. Here's the other one, very briefly. And it's just that worship is the response to what Jesus has done. And it should be the response to your struggles. It should be the response the trials that you're going through because you're convinced that he does love you because you're convinced that that he 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 is taking care of your destiny that even if you're going through something hard you remember as I just said this is how God treats people he loves he does allow them to go through hard stuff that's okay This is how you should respond. Remember what what John is going through. He is exiled. He's alone on a little rock in the Mediterranean. He's had a hard life. He's had a struggle. And yet he he worships. Through his struggle, to his trial at the moment, he worships. And, it should, and finally, it should be our response to this passage. If we want to mimic John, then we should be worshiping. Just saying, praise you, Jesus, in the middle of all this. I don't, I, I don't see what you're doing, but I believe that you love me. Because I, you've, I remember that you died for me on the cross. I remember that you rose from the dead. I remember all the little things in, the li- in my life coming up to this moment where you have shown me you love me. You've proven that you're faithful to me. Yes, at the moment, I don't see how, how this is all going to work out, but I can remember a couple of months ago, or maybe a year, a couple of years, or a decade ago, where things were really hard, but on the other side of it, I could see your hand in it. You remember that stuff. Worship comes from remembering. So we can have the kind of response that John did that kind of response that 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 reframing of how you see things will give you the peace that you need the strength the grace to get through your struggles just like John is let's pray lord jesus thank you for this this blessing thank you for your joy for us lord I confess, and I know we do we all do that. sometimes we just don't get what you're doing. And I know Lord Jesus, we and I confess for me and for uh, for many others that sometimes we we hear the truths about the who you are and the gospel and all of that. and, and, and we just kind of we go, yeah, that's wonderful, God. Not, oh, praise the one who loved us. Thank you, Jesus, and just to erupt in in, in this in a, in a worship. Help us to respond like John does. So that we can have the grace, the peace that we need to have in the trials we go through. In your name we pray. turn off my mic? I didn't. We couldn't hear you. Good. I don't sing well. But I think with passion, which is what we remember when we come to communion. Where we remember that Jesus on the night that he was betrayed took bread and says, this is my body given for you. In the same way after supper he took the cup and says, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins. The new agreement between God and man. We all know that the way life works is if you give respect or you give, you know, you do good, then good comes to you. But that's not how it works with God. With God, we do bad, and God gives us good anyhow, because of Jesus. That we're right with him, not because we deserved it, but because we trust the one who did deserve all blessings. We come to Jesus. So come to the table. And remember what God has done for you. Come to the table and remember that he has freed you from your sins and from condemnation. That he has set before you a a destiny that is amazing. Because he's loving you right now and he will never leave you or forsake you. Come to the table. And we're going to sing a song, and at the end of the song, while you guys are getting that, we'll take partake together and give him praise and thanks. body and blood of Christ given for you. We have a singer there, don't we? She liked the song. She liked the song. Father God, thank you so much for this day. Pray for grace and peace upon all here. Give them joy. Give them peace. Help them to see life through your lens. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for coming. We'll see you guys next week.